Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hello, welcome to this week's Man on the Post Extra Time. I'm your host, Chris. Uh, with me this week, I have got, uh, looking very relaxed in a Roman shirt, I've got Scott. Hello. How are you? Uh, it's been a long, distressing week being a key worker, helping vulnerable customers out. I'm a key worker too. I feel your pain. You've, Although, been, working from, you've been working from home. To be fair, like I think there are key workers and there are key workers. Um <laughs> I think we probably come into separate categories of those. Somehow I am. I've got no idea how. But there we go. Adam. Yo. How are you doing? I've been better, I'm not gonna lie. Yeah? Have you been yeah. worse? I've been worse as well, that's also true. But um had some friends uh oh. come to, I had some friends come to my house today and uh I spoke to them through the wind from the window. Uh so they're on the street, I'm on the first floor, so Good social distancing. A good, good. Uh, good. Oh, like Romeo good... and Juliet. It was very Romeo and Juliet. <laughs> Andrew and I up here, Kath and JJ on the street. We had a nice little, little fifteen-minute conversation. They'd gone, gone for that. They'd taken their daily exercise to come and see us. Oh. Um. But yeah, I quite like it when I'm allowed out my house and that I can order food and things. So, of all the places in the world, these these people could have gone only for like their one trip out of the house. They came and saw you. Come to see me, me person. Wow. Um, I've got to be honest. I, we don't leave our house very much here anyway, so this is kind of normal. It's quite nice actually, not seeing anybody. <laughs> I could I could carry on with this for a whole lot longer and conduct all my relationships via social media and the internet. It's brilliant. <laughs> Essentially, because I because because I know where your um your mother-in-law lives is this mainly boosted by the fact that <laughs> you managed to keep them on on a very short leash <laughs> they keep sort of knocking on the door and leaving stuff outside it's quite very strange i feel like some sort of plague victim exactly yeah like sort of painting <laughs> the house red uh right okay so this week we're going to be talking about euro 2004 um scott's request i hope he's had a very good reason for choosing this uh due to <laughs> lack of any kind of footage on uh, YouTube or other places. Uh, so, what we will do, we'll start with a little bit of background to Euro 2004. It was um, held in Portugal. I'm going to have a quick mention of the BBC advert. Did you guys see that that I sent you? Yes, very good. Lovely, wasn't it? it brings back memories. Yeah. Um, I wanted to say, this is something I wanted to talk about before we even talk into, get into the detail of saying about the tournament and any BBC advert that I've not paid any attention to. This was a tournament of Sporting adverts. You could argue that in the the great Nike Adidas and the great Nike Adidas battle, this was the uh, this was where they're at their peak. Two two great sporting adverts for this uh, tournament. Go on, I don't remember. Go on, tell me them. So the the uh, Adidas had the uh, Road to Lisbon, 
which was uh, the um, all the players getting on. Uh, Zidane turns up at Trezeguet's house and uh, shouts up at the balcony in French, it's time to go. He chucks a ball out and a bag. Zidane lets the bag hit the floor, controls the ball, obviously, on his toe. Puts it, on the back, puts it on the back of his on his Vespa and off they go. The Self-Preservation self Society playing, all the different players join, they have a, end up having a huge football game in a park. I don't remember this at all. I've got to be honest, my football adverts are sort of stuck at Brazil in an airport. I don't really remember anything else. And the, the Nike advert is the uh, the Ole advert where they have the... Uh, there's a it's, You're supposed to be watching a game that's about to kick off between Portugal and uh, Brazil. And uh, Figo Nutmegs... Uh, is it Ronaldo? I think uh, it is Ronaldo, yeah. Figo Nutmegs Ronaldo in the tunnel and then it breaks out into a... Uh, Ole. Into a... Into a a flare off as as they're battling it, it, a lot of running on concrete and studs. It's very impressive. Um, uh, finishes with the the signature Ronaldinho flip flop. But uh, no, Chris is just blank faces. The elastic, the elastic, as he calls it. I thought it was called a flip flop, right? Keep changing its name. Got to update it for the kids. Elastica were a band. See? <laughs> Back in the nineties. <laughs> yeah, no, I quite like the BBC advert. It was the one where it was all the um, players as painters from different from their countries with uh, Desrees kissing you in the background. I like the way you just essentially just completely washed over what I said. You just you know, you let me talk and then just went, yeah, I liked the BBC advert. <laughs> I've got absolutely nothing so to add because I can't remember. I can't remember it. So I've got absolutely nothing to add. Luckily, Scott does. Thank you. Go then, Scott. You, have you added all you needed to add on that? I've, yeah. I've, I've, I've painted the picture beautifully. Yeah, that's fantastic. So, <laughs> you, YouTube it post-show. I think oh. it will bring back something in, something for you. Okay. Especially the, especially the Adidas one. All right. Well, I'll look at those afterwards then. So, um, Portugal are the hosts. Uh, I'm trying to remember. My, I think the, the only one I can really remember, the only stadium I can really remember is the Braga one where they've got the cliff at one side. Two sides. Two sides? Both, yeah. right, both, both behind the goal. I don't think it's one. both goals. There's one goal, isn't it? That's uh, both. They've only got two stands. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, this is getting Googled. <laughs> 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 um, yeah, and host Portugal with... There's obviously, the, there's obviously the Stadium of Light, Chris. Come on. The Stadio de Luche. And there's, there's all those. I just can't remember what they look like. This one's just so completely unique. I just can't. That's the only so one I can remember. Got, so, Stade de Luche, uh, de Dragao, which is Porto Stadium. Yeah. Jose Arvalade, which is Sporting Lisbon. Is it Sporting Lisbon or Sporting Club de Lisbon? The latter. Dick. <laughs> <laughs> For someone who who refuses to learn what about <laughs> Madrid, you can fuck right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um yeah any more uh so they played at coimbra um Burby it's, stadium it's not a cliff but there isn't another stand okay but because it's not a cliff is it it's a quarry but anyway there we go it's pretty cool looking anyway wouldn't it yeah it is, it is. yeah <laughs> 
Okay, uh, Portugal with their, um, this is like sort of the last gasp for their golden generation, so-called golden generation, wasn't it? Because this was the team that beat Brazil in the 1991 World Youth Championships. You got Luis Figo, Fernando Couto, Ruby Costa, um, Gabriel Paletta. Um, they didn't qualify for the World Cup in 94 or 98, and they got to the group stage in 2002 World Cup. Um, so they're sort of, they were sort of perennial underachievers, I suppose, were they not? After, after the big promising start of their sort of 91 triumph over Brazil. Yeah, would you sort of, they're like, that was the golden generation of the England team as well? Kind so of, yeah. I was going to talk about that in a minute, yeah. Yes, them two sort of meet in the middle. Because mm. it's kind of like a changing in the guard as well, because you've got Cristiano Ronaldo at this Euros. Um, Quaresma wasn't quite in as yet. Uh, so it's it's like a little bit of a, changing in the baton, isn't it? Yeah, you had an informed Deco. A I'm not sure Cresma was ever quite in. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I think he was. I think him and Ronaldo um, are like the same era. So was it early two thousand two, three, where they broke through? So it, they could have played together. There's a lot of people who, if you talk to, uh, would suggest that Cresma was the more naturally gifted, but obviously not as naturally work ethic as Ronaldo, which is maybe where the difference between the two is coming. Um, Chris is only known for one thing. And the difference is millions and millions of dollars. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Charisma's, uh, Charisma's trick is the Traveller, which is the outside of the boot. It's not a bad trick to have, though, is it? Oh, it's not. No. Um, and six players from... Porto's Champions League winning team made it to the squad as well. So it was obviously a peak time for um, Portuguese football. As you can read about in a book by a former guest on here, Michael Cox. Um, but yeah, it was a, it's a good time at this point in time for Portuguese football. Cristiano Ronaldo, after his first season at Manchester United, was in the squad. As I said, 40 appearances and six goals for United and scored in the FA Cup final as well, albeit against Millwall. But... <laughs> There you go. Sorry, James. Uh, OK, so they met Greece in the first game. Uh, Greece in qualifying topped Group 6, uh, although they only scored eight goals, but conceding four is probably where their strengths were. Um, they lost their first two games in qualifying, uh, but they won their last six, beating Spain in Zaragoza, thanks to uh, a goal through Stelios Janikopoulos, Bolton's very own. Um, and they were in the bottom pot for qualifying with Latvia, Bulgaria and Switzerland. So no one really expected all that much of... Greece, you know the sort of first game in you think it's a bit of a gimme for the host team we won't give them anything too taxing just to kick the tournament off a bit, I think that's kind of what people were sort of expecting from here um, didn't quite go like that though did it Scott? No um, Greece went into a 2-0 lead, Portugal had some chances and then pulled a goal right at the end I want to see Ronaldo yeah 93rd yeah. minute yeah 93rd minute, I, I did watch the highlights of the whole tournament <laughs> Three hours. Uh, that's a nice way to uh, round a, an evening off. Um, yeah, it was a bit of a shock. I don't actually remember watching this after coming back from my cousin's barbecue. And I just looked at the result and just think, what's happened here, Portugal? With all the stars that they had. Um, I did see rewatch it. And then Luis Felipe Scolari not picking his strongest side. He dropped five players, including Deco and Cristiano Ronaldo. And played an aging... Fernando Couto, which came back to haunt him, and Paulo Ferreira giving the ball away for the first goal. Oh, it's but who did he give it to? Uh, Car Georges Caragunis made it in my pieces of meeting. 
what a player. I love George Oscarogunis. I had a huge domestic with the wife because of this game. Because I was doing work in the back garden and I really wanted to watch this game because of Karagunis. And um, I lost the argument. <laughs> so <laughs> I didn't get um, to see it. <laughs> if my memory serves me right, I think he was still at Inter Milan at this point. Quite possibly. I just He was just a wonderful player because he could get the ball and he could run from midfield and he could just absolutely hammer it. He, his mm. long-range shooting was just absolutely second to none. He was a fantastic player. He got kicked to bits through this tournament. If you watch some of the highlights of Greek games, um, I was going to talk about it in a little bit, but he gets it in this game as well. He gets an awful lot of punishment. But it was quite a good midfield, wasn't it? So you've got Zagarakis and you've got Karagounis in midfield, haven't you, supporting um, Karasteas? Basinas. And then Basinas is the holder, yeah. Yeah. Who um, was it in the back as well? Roman legend? Traianus Dallas. Yeah. <laughs> Sheffield United legend too. <laughs> um, who gave away the penalty for the second Greek goal? Yeah, Cristiano Ronaldo. Cristiano Ronaldo tracking back. <laughs> probably, he, he, he decided then it probably wasn't his best thing to do, so he um, he gave up doing that. Did you watch this one, Adam? No. Do you remember anything about it? No, I don't. I'm really... I'm surprised I don't remember anything about it. Because I can actually, there's lots of other games here where I can picture where I was. Yeah. So I was racking my brains when I when I uh, watched earlier. In fact, when I watched the highlights and and uh, saw Greece score the second goal, I was confused and then at that point realised I wasn't watching the highlights of the final. <laughs> <laughs> Spoiler alert. Easily done. Yeah, this was his point. He was the Inter at this this point. Karagounis was. Um. Would that be the same time they had George Ardis as well? The bold-headed fella. Oh, my God. Yeah, that's a blast from the past. It's probably about then, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, it's when Inter went on that crazy fucked-up transfer spending spree that they told me to. Yeah, that's sort of gone on for the last 45 years or so. <laughs> <laughs> um, this was the only time in the whole tournament that Greece scored more than one goal. This game. Yeah, they were set up to frustrate teams and hit them sort of on the counter they did that in the latter stages of the tournament yeah um to effective to effectiveness and yeah otto rehagel the german coach just set them up brilliantly all through the tournament and in this game and just as you can say they didn't really need to score more than one goal in the tournament did they in each game sorry no, I mean, frustratingly, the UEFA website, it gives a load of stats at the end of sort of reports about this game. But unfortunately for all of them, weirdly, it, for the possession stats, it gives 0% both sides. So it probably wasn't keeping track of that. But it would have been really interesting to see throughout all of Greece's games, their um, their possession stats. Because as you have a look through the tournament, their shots weren't very great, but their shots on target were incredibly good. So they were very frugal, but just very accurate with it as well. Effective. Effective, yeah. But if, yeah. If, if XG is around. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, but yeah, I I mean, I know it's sort of looking back with hindsight and stuff, but I did really like this Greek team. Theo Zagarakis was a great player for Leicester. Karagounis, as I say, is one of my favourite players of all time. And you've got um, Stelios, Jenna Kolopolopolopolopolos. Yeah. <laughs> in, in the uh, Bolton legend. And Harris Deas, who just had this summer of had a golden summer, and I don't think he did pretty much afterwards. No, was he? He was at the Bundesliga, wasn't he? He was at Werder Bremen, something like that, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah. But yeah, he was just—he was like you know—he was like a sort of scalacci of a tournament, wasn't it? That he had. 
Um, yeah, just a wonderful three, three and a half weeks on the centre stage in Portugal. And you know what? It could like do nothing for him because he's immortal now. Because they would. Can I break up this gushing over Greece? And... <laughs> they were absolutely <laughs> terrible. They were, but <sighs> well, no, no, because you wouldn't know that from the last five minutes, and you talk about how they were. They were, but do you know what? I have a thing well, for what Chris is failing to mention, Scott. Here is for someone who might not read it. Is yeah. Portugal and Greece and this whole section I dedicate a whole section of Michael Cox's book where he talks about how bad they were <laughs> <laughs> do you know on Game of Thrones where uh, the very first series where Brandon wakes up and Tyrion walks in with a little sort of model of how he can sit on a horse and he says I've got a thing for broken people broken things um, kind of like that with Greece you know sort of well, te- hindsight should get rid of that you could have liked it at the time but hindsight <laughs> should tell you this was a terrible period for football where football was dire and rubbish. No, I like... Do you know what? I like that. I like it sort of against the odds football. Well, this was... Yeah, you're... Well, you have been <laughs> loving yourself in this period. Right? <laughs> Champions League final that consisted of Monaco and Porto. <laughs> this. And then two or three years of game of Premier League football where... Rafael Benitez and Jose Mourinho play each other in who can draw nil-nil the best. No, that's different. They're two teams who should be doing well. It's when you've got a team that shouldn't be doing well that does something well, like I'm what Greece saying, does. I don't care about whether a team should or shouldn't be doing well. It was a time when football was rubbish. <laughs> Michael Cox won't sleep with you. Oh, I don't know. Maybe he will. That's a very presumptive of me to say. Yeah. Rude. Maybe he'll listen wow. to this and tweet you. Uh, okay, so that was... Hey, or sue you? <laughs> one, one or the other. At least we know he listens. Uh, okay, brilliant. Chris tracking, Chris tracking listener numbers by how many definition of character laws he's The next day was uh, England versus France. Uh, England, of course, minus Rio Ferdinand because of his um, missed. Uh, he forgot to go to a drug test, didn't he? Because he went yes. shopping with Niall Berkovich. Is that right? He went shopping and then he administered a late drug test, didn't he? Yeah, Yeah, I'm sure he went shopping with our Berkovich because he forgot, because Berkovich was a City player at that point and I think they knew each other yeah. from West Ham. Um, um, so they went shopping for the day together. Um, Rio nipped out of training quick because he was running late or something like that. But yeah, uh, ultimately he missed his, um, missed his test and was banned for several months covering this tournament and... Gary Neville tried to organise some sort of walkout, didn't he, during the Turkish qualifying um, playoff game, didn't he? There's an eight-month ban and a £50,000 fine. Yes, during which time he tried to negotiate a contract extension with Manchester United up to hundred grand a week. Do you remember that? He was not flavour of the month. So he only joined like 18 months previously from Leeds. He gets this ban, and then during the middle of this ban, he tries to negotiate a pay rise, like a double-your-salary pay rise or something like that, to hundred grand a week. Fed say Manchester United fans weren't that overly enamoured with him. Um, and um, Gary Neville tried to organise some sort of protest or refused, refusal to play against the Turkish team in the playoff um, because sticking up for his Manchester United mate, that didn't quite go along. I think from what I read... Because from all the Liverpool players were insistent that they didn't do that because Jamie Carragher can have a game. Yeah, well, from what I read from various of... Before or after he retired, because he couldn't hack it. 
When did he come back? He came back in 2010, didn't he? So he must have retired after 2006 World Cup. Six. Yeah. Did, did, did he miss a penalty? He scored a penalty, yeah. was made to retake it and missed it. That's why. Missed it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yes, and then we had the... Yeah, and I think it was... From what I've read a few autobiographies, it was Gary Neville whipping people up and a few of the younger lads going, I'm not quite sure what to do here. And it all been a bit of a mess. And then we played the playoff game against Turkey, beat them, and the Turkish players, I think it was Alpi as well, as Aston Villa kicked off at the end of them, some sort of melee on the pitch. Um, and then we ended up playing France in the first game where uh, Frank Lampard scored with a header from a David Beckham free kick. And we were winning until the 91st minute. And I've never... Um, David Beckham misses a penalty as well. He does yeah. miss a penalty, yes. Um Darius Vassell gets is it Darius Vassell gets absolutely chopped by it, Darius Vassell gets taken up by Mikhail Silvestre gets a yellow card when he probably should have been sent yeah off. it should have been yeah um, Barthez gets the right way Barthez yeah. does get the right way it's a terrible penalty from Beckham yeah. um, actually that's not his worst penalty of, of the tournament <laughs> <No>. <laughs> like, we'll probably go into that later. as I was say, saying at a nice height not yeah. a, nowhere near the post it, it's Asking for it and gets given the full, yeah. And uh, <clears throat> Bartis has all the answers to it, doesn't he? And then, uh, was it in the 91st minute? As I think you're going to go on to Chris, uh, yes, Emma Heskey, I think it was, wasn't it? it gives a free yeah. kick away to France. I remember before this, it was like from about the 80th minute onwards, I was incredibly tense watching this. It was because it was just relentless. French pressure this last 10 minutes. I remember Bobby Robson was on co-commentary saying how the England players are defending like heroes and all this sort of thing. And you, the clock was moving. I've never seen a clock move so slow, I don't think. But... Because what, what should be noted is that while you're saying that uh, England didn't have um, didn't have Rio Ferdinand, this was at a time where we were some, somewhat blessed for centre-back talent. And yeah. we're doing okay with... Uh, with John Terry and Sol Campbell both in, in their prime. Yes. Yeah, we're doing very well. Um, but yeah, I mean, again, this wasn't a France team that had covered itself in glory particularly, was it? It Euro, uh, sort of World Cup 2002 as holders, they went out in the first round, didn't they? So there was huge pressure on this French team. And in the 91st minute, they got this free kick. Um, Zidane stepped knew, up. Yeah, I kind of got a feeling. <laughs> I, remember, I remember exactly where I was. I yeah. remember, remember just... People in the room knew, like as he as Zidane's putting that ball down. Great ball, by the way. Another oh thing. God, yes. Great so, work from Adidas in, in so ball design. Cool. Don't see that every day. Chris confused again. Like he's not just watched <laughs> highlights where he's seen it for the last half hour. Well, what? You know what the ball looks like? Because he's white and he's round, same as all the other it balls. Was it white? Wasn't it silver? It was silver. That's white on bloody grainy YouTube. The only ball I could tell you there's any different is a Jabalani, whatever the hell it was called, in 2010. Other than that, that they're a football. White. Huh? That is white. That's the only time I can remember a physical design of a football. Is that because anyway. it's swing, swerving and swinging from left, right, to centre? That was the one. Yeah, I just remember people kicking off about it, but I don't remember the design for the Euro 2004 ball. I mean, well done you for having the gumption to notice that. Pass so the... me by. Right, so Emil Heskey's at this, the ball's what, 20, 25 yards out? Yeah. Dan stood over it. So he's no, on the right hand side of the goal, isn't he? So he's slightly yeah. Slightly right hand side of the goal, puts it top, puts it top right corner, right? Top left. Top. Goes Sorry, to the opposite goal from where he stood, yeah. 
Was it quite low the... down? Yes. I all of a sudden changed to the goalkeeper's side. <laughs> yeah. And then you thought, well, okay, we've got a draw. That, you know, we would have taken a draw against France at the start. Yeah. Uh, uh... It's all right, because... It's alright because we've got a man who's allergic to good things happening to him. He's going to do the best, best to try and sabotage this little dream. I should have known then, 10 years before it actually happened. <laughs> the worst time to give a back pass. Yeah, so Steven Gerrard tries a no look back pass. So look pass from 35. <laughs> Towards his own goalkeeper. I mean, Roberto Firmino, you can imagine getting away with it, but, you know, not Steven Gerrard from Heighton. <laughs> Uh, straight to Omri, yeah. who threw on goal. Um, we'll ask a question about what David James is doing. I was just going to say that, yeah. <laughs> um, goes with, yeah, goes with his legs, but nowhere near the ball. No effort. <laughs> it's like David, David James has, has already put it down. He's that's fine. I'm just going to give a penalty away. He's a man panicking, isn't he? Yeah. That's not a goalkeeper in control. No. And um, when, before he took the penalties, Zidane vomited all over yeah. the on the pitch. Is sick on the pitch. Is he? Yeah. yeah. That's a health and safety issue. If ever I've seen one. Yeah. <laughs> and, and then takes probably the most calmest penalty I've seen during that tournament. Yeah. No, it's a calmer one, and I'll talk about well, it. I think I know, actually, I think I know which one you're going to talk about. Cause <laughs> I think it... Is this in the shootout against England? Yeah. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So yeah, okay, maybe the second calmest penalty. Second calmest, yeah. Yeah. And that was a that was a shame, right? Because we had a a lesser spot a, a lesser spotted Frank Lampard header. <laughs> yeah. So many of them. To be honest, we... David Beckham set piece we've had probably one of the worst tournaments he had as a footballer. Why do you think that was? Because he'd had uh, his redemption scoring the penalty against Argentina two years before, Argentina, hadn't he? Yeah, this, so the it wasn't two years before, Chris, because last time we were arguing about whether this was two years or 1996 <laughs> or 1998. So, <laughs> things have accepted that I'm right. So the, I don't recall. Summer, so the <laughs> summer before, he fell out with Ferguson and then joined Real Madrid. Yes, he did, yeah, didn't he? He's been, a, he's been in Madrid for a year now because when, when they walk out onto the pitch... The commentator notes that their team, the two captains, are teammates because Zidane and Beckham captains. Okay. Then I think he said it was not a great tournament because he bulked up and he, he gained weight, but it was all muscle, so it restricted his movements. Well, he was famously, he was famously nippy and. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Okay, so we uh, we didn't get off to the best of starts, but you know, it's still a performance. You sort of gave you encouragement, wasn't it? But this is the um, because we haven't really. This is the golden generation, right? So yes, yeah, yeah. Let's talk about that. Yeah, we've got so the defence, like you said, Gary Neville, John Terry, Sol Campbell, Ashley Cole. Luke then we've Young. got the pardon. Luke Young. He would have been fullback. England two thousand and four squad. So you were Ashley Cole. I don't know where you're talking about. Ashley Cole. Ledley King was like. Who's Luke Young? Like, didn't uh, didn't Ledley King play in the France game and have to come off? They like risked bringing him. Should I read you the squad out? Have you got time for twenty-two players? I wasn't going to do the whole squad, but if you want to do the whole squad. Okay, right. Let's do the whole squad. So, uh, 
David James, Gary Neville, Ashley Cole, Stephen Gerrard, John Terry, Sol Campbell, David Beckham, Paul Scholes, Wayne Rooney, Michael Owen, Frank Lampard, Wayne Bridge, Paul Robinson, Phil Neville, Ledley King, Jamie Carrigan, Nicky Butt, Owen Hargreaves, Joe Cole, uh, Kieran Dyer, Emil Heskey, Ian Walker, and Darius Vassell. Ian Walker? That must have been their goalkeeper standby. He was 32 and he had four caps at that point. Um, so yeah, I mean, it wasn't a it wasn't a bad team, was it? It wasn't no, and sort of, and you have to remember that this is so. This is uh, an eighteen-year-old Wayne Rooney, yeah, who at this point is considered to be the best young talent in world football. Ronaldo. I think he's probably above Ronaldo at this point. Okay. At that point, yes. Um, I think he's probably above above Ronaldo at this point. Messi hasn't quite broken through at Barcelona. I think Messi is probably playing in Barcelona B at this point. Where everything is Latin, Casano. Latin, still, still No, you might be right. Cassano I'm just trying to think of alternatives at that time. Casano was at probably his third year at Roma then. Slatan was just about to leave Ajax and go to Juventus in that summer. God, he's just remembered all these young, all these players who are a bit older now, who are young, fresh-faced teenagers. Then <laughs> he's certainly, he's certainly up there, and yeah, uh, and this really is a a blossoming, right, a coming-of-age tournament for yes, yeah, for him. Was this his uh, only? Was this his only good tournament for England? Yes. 0-60 o- was not fit at all. No. He was rushed back so badly. 10, he sort of flopped and had the go at the cameraman. Yeah, and, and nobody was good at 10, were they? 10, that was just diabolical. 12 and 14. Yeah. No one was good at 14 either. No. And Euro 2012 was that, that patchwork team where Roy Hodgson turned up like two, two months yeah. before. Um <laughs> A wee peak. It's fair to say this is his only good tournament. A wee peak um, with this England team. Is it peak? Skulls Lampard can't play together. Where he puts Paul Skulls and he's going to play in the left. Are we sort of right in the middle of that whole conundrum? And we're going to about to fix that conundrum by Paul Skulls retiring and just doing it all over again with Joe Cole. <laughs> so. And then slinking in Owen Hargreaves into the centre midfield. Yeah. This is the tournament also where I personally think that Frank Lampard comes of age as an England player and shows that he should have been playing instead of Steven Gerrard. Uh, not... Oh, okay. So it was Gerrard and Skulls starting, was it? Was it? No, it was Gerrard and, Lamp- it was Gerard and Lampard. Gerrard and Lampard, yeah. Okay. The, all Skulls. three of them were playing. Yeah. This is, where, left. this is where I'd have played Owen Hargreaves and Frank Lampard as opposed to... Okay. Someone that can't pass to his own goalkeeper. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or at least at least I'm, I just do it with someone who looks where they're passing. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Simple thing. All right. Well, look. Uh, should, oh. should we follow this England team through the group stages? Because I, it's not how I've written my notes down. Okay, you go with how you've written your notes. I've done each green, each team, each group's first game, each group's second game, each group's third game. Build this up the tension. Forever. It's this not. Go for about four hours. It's not. It is. We've been going for half an hour. Okay, you're on you're on group you're on game one of group two. <laughs> Honestly, it gets quicker because half the time YouTube haven't got the highlights. So in group C, uh, Denmark nil, Italy nil, 
Um, this is a game that was going to come back and bite them there, wasn't it, Scott? Do you remember why? Totti spitting at Christian Poulsen. Yes. And he got suspended for the, the, the semi final. Yeah. That was a horrible thing to do. And he didn't even know he did it until someone of the coaching staff told him. He knew he bloody him. did that. If you've seen the footage, he turned around and faces him yeah. and gives him a whole mouthful. God, <laughs> where, did you, where did you read that, Scott, on the official <laughs> Roma Twitter feed? No, I listened to a Golazzo. I know, I, I know the Golazzo you're interested because James Hallcastle yeah, tried to defend him, didn't he? Yes, and Marcotti was like, no, no, you knew what he's doing. <laughs> uh, and also, Swing 5. Um, Somebody I've not it's written Paul, down, Paul Neil. Garrier. Paul Gary and Neil, which is famous for the uh, one of my favourite goals of all time, which is the uh, Sebastian Larson cross for Henrik Larson's diving header, oh, which nice. is better than Van Persie at the 14 World Cup. Um, this was also a good tournament for Larson. Yes, I think he was. So he was at Celtic and was just about to join Barcelona. That's right, he was. Uh, Group D, Czech Republic 2, Latvia 1, Germany 1, Netherlands 1. Um, okay, into the second game. See how quickly we did that, Adam? Um, second games in Group A, Portugal 2, Russia 0, Greece 1, Spain 1. So after two games, uh, Greece and Spain are top on four points each, Portugal 3. In Back into Group B for England, um, well, Croatia drew 2-2 two, two with France. Switzerland 1, England 3, Rooney 2 goals, Gerard 1. This is the one where Rooney got the assist off the post and the goalkeeper and then in, wasn't it? The assist off the post. Yeah, it's almost hits the... He beats yeah. the goalkeeper at his near post, hits the inside of the post, comes off the, off the back of his head, yeah. Yeah, and then goes in. I mean, this was quite a regulation win, this, wasn't it? Yeah. There wasn't anything... Yeah, really, really tore them apart with his two, his two goals, and then, yeah, it was... There was never any danger. Gerald remembered which way he was running. Yeah. For the third goal. <laughs> Yes, after this, Group C, oh, sorry, Group B is France on six points, England three, Croatia two, Switzerland one. Group C um, is Bulgaria nil, Denmark two, Italy one, Sweden one. I've written Cassano. Oh, Cassano um, with a lob that was cleared right off the line. He tried some sort of Karen Poborski esque lob. Yes. Um, the equaliser for this game as well. Sorry to jump in. No, go on. What was that? Flat hands back heel. Yes. It was, it was right. He took it straight off Buffon. Buffon was literally about yeah. to to grab it. It was dying moments of the game, and um, yeah, Slatan scored. I think the first of his little flick goals that he's well known for. Yeah, uh, yeah. Can I say Cassano with the sort of lob that was cleared off the line by the post, which yeah. was going to come back and haunt Italy in the uh, in the next game. So um, Sweden and Denmark both on four points. Italy on two. Bulgaria on neon Group D. Uh, Latvia weirdly drew nil-nil with Germany. This wasn't a very good... I mean, there's a German team that got to the World Cup pre final previously, but of course they've gone out of Euro 2000 at the group stages, haven't they? This was the part of Das reboot, wasn't it? So, agent sort of agent squad. Dietmar Hamann was playing as a holding midfielder in a couple of those games, and I think this was the tournament where Philipp Lahn and Bastian Schweinsteiger were coming into, into fruition. It wasn't a good Germany squad. No, you've got, you've got like sort of Jens Watney and Christian Worms and people Worms. like that. Yeah, Schweinsteiger was 16. Freddie Bobic, Kevin Karani. Or Kevin Karani, yeah. Uh, he was coming through at Schalke yeah. or Stuttgart. One of the two. I remember Stuttgart and Schalke. Yeah, you got 26-year-old Miroslav players. I mean, it was literally 
sort of Miroslav Close, Michael Balak and Sticky Paper, wasn't it? Yeah. Lucas Podolski was just coming through. Yeah, he was there. He's 19 as well, yeah. So there's the makings of the Germany team there, but it was obviously yeah. sort of some sort of changing of the guard there as well, wasn't it? Um, and the Netherlands, despite being 2-0 up after 19 minutes, lost 3-2 to the Czech Republic with a rather lovely Vladimir Spitzer goal at the end when whoever had the ball could have smashed it past the keeper but decided just to sort of tap it inside. Cal, and... I think it was Cal Paborski. Was Paborski. One of the games of the tournament. Yeah. Uh, one of the quarterfinals. Yeah. No, you're absolutely right. So, Czech Republic are top on six points. Um, Netherlands are on two. Germany and Latvia are on one each. So, um, then we go into the third game of the final group stages. So, Spain nil Portugal, one thanks to Nuno Gomez. And uh, Greece lost 2-1 to Russia. So, Portugal and Greece went through. Spain out on goal difference. Of course, this isn't the Spain we know, is it? This is the perennial underachievers of Spain. Yes, they... This is Raul Spain. Raul Spain. Fernando Morien says, a young Fernando Torres who had probably one of the worst mullets I've seen in the first game of the tournament. Yeah, he got um, like even Helguera there and people like that. Albert Luque. Yeah. Albert Luque. Raul, Raul Bravo was playing left back. Yeah. And he was at Leeds when they got relegated. Sorry, and Sammy Alonso was there. Yeah. I didn't know. I thought it was a bit too soon, but, but yeah, he was there. Portugal finally managed to have a goal scored by a striker at this point. It's took some Yeah, Pauletta did not have his best tournament. Well, not yet, anyway. <laughs> I mean, Nuno Gomez was hardly sort of, you know, he's hardly Eusebio himself, is he? No. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, at the end of that, uh, Spain went home. Um, not far to go, luckily. Hey. Yeah. In Group B, uh, Switzerland lost... 3-1 to France, uh, and England played Croatia. So, uh, Croatia took the lead. There was a sort of crossing to the box, which David James parried the header, uh, and Niko Kovac was first to react, and Croatia scored. Um, and you kind of thought, this isn't a bad Croatia team. This might not be good. Luckily, this wasn't the start of bad things to happen with England and Croatia. Yeah, there's plenty of time oh, for that yet. There's still time, <laughs> there's still time in the future. There's even time for a Theo Walcott hat trick before all this happens. <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, England retook the lead through Paul Skull's header th- from a sort of scrappy bit of play in the Portuguese penalty area. And then which um, I can, Croatian I can, penalty area. Which I can tell you from listening to the commentary was his first goal for England in three years at that point. Wow. Was it? Yeah. Really? And again, I... I, I a lesser spotted Paul Scholes header as well, just everywhere. Yeah. Just headers from diminutive midfielders. What do you think Sven's thinking was at this point? It was it was obvious that Paul Scholes is the best midfielder. I think it was who are my best who are my best eleven players? Yeah. Yeah. And the more I watched this, the more the the more lacking in respect I had for Sven because we were also terrible at set pieces. Which just strikes me as a team that was lazily coached, and just—I genuinely think he was just putting out the best players he had, and just uh, gone. This will work. Yeah. That midfield so unbalanced. I sort of thinking as Adam, you could have had a defensive midfielder. So what we did? We were four four two there, were we? It was four yeah. four flat flat four four two. So goals cut and left. If you were going to play, okay, this is an age old thing if you were going to play skulls lampard gerard so what would you have you'd have hargreaves holding you could have done a diamond probably with that you wouldn't have you can't play hargreaves 
goals Gerard and Lampard, Lampard. David no. Beckham's captain. No. So David Beckham's playing David Beckham's playing on the right side of midfield. Yeah. And then you'd kind of play I would have played the diamond with and I probably still would have played Paul Scholes slightly out on her left side, but but with the width coming from Ashley Carl. Oh, you wouldn't have had him as like a sort of the top of the diamond then? No, I would have had Frank Lampard at the top of the diamond. Okay. Making him those runs deep. Yeah. Like he did for Chelsea. So for years when everyone was saying, how do we get Gerard and Lampard to play together? They should have been asking, should they be playing together? And then... Yes. Yeah, everyone was asking the wrong question to all these all these times. Was asking, everyone was asking the wrong question. Yeah. Uh, Owen Hargreaves every time he got an opportunity. <laughs> and then Wayne Rooney from 25 yards um, to make it 3-1. And then for 4-1, he had this sort of run on goal, didn't he, where he slotted it away. Um, and the thing I took from this is when people score a goal now and run to the corner flag, everyone's got their phones up. And then they had these sort of big-ass cameras. digital cameras, didn't they? <laughs> That fourth goal is the is the uh, quintessential Wayne Rooney for England goal, I think, of especially that tournament. Yeah. But when you say Euro 2004 to me, that is the that is the moment I yeah. think of. Yeah. So it's him the one offside trap and giving the yeah. beating, giving giving the keeper the eyes, slotting it in. I wonder is if any sort of one two with Michael Owen for that in one. The... In those beautiful red total nineties yeah. as well. <laughs> I wonder if in his darker moments he looks in his darker moments, I wonder if he looks back and thinks Have I you know, what I was then. I could I mean, have been he won, he won multiple Champions League he won multiple Premier Leagues in the Champions League. I'm, I think he's probably I think he's okay. I think he's probably okay with his career. He is, but do you think do you not think he could have been more? Well, we'll go on I I, I honestly, I honestly believe that if uh, he didn't injure his ankle in in, a, in the upcoming game, that England would have won this tournament. Uh, yeah, I think you're right. I've said that as well. Uh, so we won that four two. Um, France top with seven points. Uh, we had six. Croatia had two, and Switzerland had one. So they went home. Um, talk about my favourite game of the tournament. Go on then. What's that? Uh, Sweden 2, Denmark 2. Oh, yes. Yeah. Is it because of the fact that in the top left corner of the screen where they put the team names, it would have said Sweden? Yeah, that's why. <laughs> <laughs> Go on, explain why then. Because there were people in the crowd holding up signs saying saying 2 2 Scandinavian Brotherhood before oh, really? the game kicked off. Yes, yes. Because a quirk of the the, a quirk of the results meant that because every team in the group beat Bulgaria, and at that point every other ga- every other game between the other two teams had resulted in a draw, meant that if this game was a draw, there would have been three teams: Italy, Sweden, and Denmark, all on five points. But because of the way when all three teams were level on points you went into a mini group situation as opposed to a straight up goal difference and because Italy had scored so few goals in their draw it meant that it was predetermined that a 2-2 draw meant that both teams qualified that's nice and simple and what was the score at the end then? well coincidentally (laughs) it just happens to finish 2-2 albeit with a with a goal in the 89th minute yeah Matthias Johnson yeah 
<laughs> which there must have been a step of Sweden going, we talked about this. <laughs> <laughs> What's going on? Yeah, it sort of makes you wonder if in the sort of tunnel on the way back, the Danish players are going, ah, we, you knew it'd be fine, really, in these very grumpy looking Swedish players. <laughs> um, I remember, because if I remember rightly, like, I'm go- I've actually got the scores in front of me, so I'm saying this like I don't know. Yeah, Casano scores a goal in the 94th yeah. minute. And I remember him running off celebrating. Um, until he runs to the bench and finds out that Sweden have scored and is just devastated because he knows yeah. it meant nothing. Do you think that's what all those um, pastries were at Real Madrid? He was just comfy eating. <laughs> you know the story. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't know why Italy because I, I believe, like I believe this is still something that gets like crawls at Gabriele Macotti and stuff like because he's convinced it's pretty tough but Italy also still would have gone out if it had just been on goal difference because they have the lower goal difference in the group out of the three teams yes because one their goal difference was yeah so they clearly and if, when, when you're scoring having to score a goal in the 94th minute to get past Bulgaria and have a plus one goal difference <laughs> you may maybe you don't deserve to get through the next stage no and again no. this was this was an Italy team wasn't it you wouldn't have guessed this was an Italy team two years from winning the World Cup because they'd lost to South Korea in um, in the previous round hadn't they in the previous World Cup World Cup which was the referee uh, sent off Totti and then didn't give Italy a penalty which they should have done yet yeah, um, this tournament wasn't great for Italy um they had all the players for it. Yeah. It, just, it didn't gel. Do you know what? You say that, but all I can remember about Italy at the 2002 World Cup was uh, Christian Vieri missing an absolute sitter against Korea. Yes. Uh, yeah. Right. Where is the Italy squad? I'm going to look. Shall I read the Italy squad after you for year 2004? I've got the starting 11 of the uh, the Italy-Denmark game. All right. Because I, I took a screenshot of it. Well, let me tell you the squad. So it's Buffon, Panucci, uh, Massimo Oddo, Cristiano Zanetti, um, Cannavaro, Ferrari, Del Piero, Gattuso, Vieri, Totti, Caradi. Uh, uh, did he play for Blackburn at one point? Bernardo Carrari. I think Carrari, I'm sure he did. Anyway, Francesco Tolda, Alexandra Nestra, Stefano Fiori, uh, Giuseppe Fiavelli, Mauro Cremonese, Marco Di Vaio, Antonio Cassano, Gianluca Zambrotta, Perotta, Perlo, Peruzzi, Materazzi. I mean... It's not a bad. It's not a bad team. It's a team that shouldn't have gone out in the group stages. No. So the starting eleven for the Denmark game. So I took a screen grab of it, if I could find it. So it's Buffon, Panucci, Nesta, Cannavaro, Zambrotta. That is a very good, and that was a World Cup winning back five. Mm. Uh, Christian Zanetti and Simone Perotto as the two, the double pivots. So you got Mauro Cremonese. Francesco Totti, Alex Del Piero, Christian Vieri. Do you know what? I always had this thing with Christian Vieri. He was like a early Higuain, where he's a well-built lad who won't get you the goals. No, I mean, Higuain's a fantastic player. Or he was a fantastic player, but... Still is. It's still, yeah, but it, it, when, when the sort of push comes to shove he doesn't quite get the goals does he um and i might yeah the crunch moments he doesn't quite get the necessary goals and i think vieri's the same like we were saying about the goal against south the miss against south korea vieri's very much similar to that in the fact Mm. that when it comes to it he doesn't quite do it 
No, he missed. Did he, uh... did he score in the Euro 2002 final though? Euro 2002. Yeah. It wasn't Euro World Cup 2002? No, sorry, Euro 2000. Sorry, in the Euro 2000 final. No, that was Marco Del Vecchio. Yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah, because he was a world record signing at one point as well, wasn't he? Was it when he went to Lazio? He was, was in Italy. They don't count. <laughs> he was Australian anyway. Okay, so they went home uh, and in Group D, uh, the Netherlands beat Latvia 3 0 uh, thanks to goals from Ruben Nistelrooy and Roma Kai. Uh, and Germany lost 2 1 to the Czech Republic, so uh, with a goal from winning goal from Milan Barros. Czech Republic went through with nine points, then the Netherlands four, Germany two, Latvia one. So Germany, Italy, uh, Spain, some big names going home at the end of the group stages. Um, right, okay, so we move to the quarterfinals then, and we've got the Czech Republic three, Denmark nil, uh, Jan Koller, and two goals from Milan Barros. Two wonderful goals from Milan Barros, because there's some through balls played to in there that are absolutely delightful, weren't they? Uh, it's second goal in that in that 3 0 romp is. A very, very, very delicious finish. That's the one with the through ball played across the on the wing, isn't it? That sort of left foot top bins finish. Yeah. And that, I didn't think he top had. Bins. This isn't soccer. I am. <laughs> sorry, sorry, I do apologise. We don't do banter or top bins. Just <laughs> a very calm finish. Yeah. And this is the Milan Barros. I was lucky that thinking, well, where's he been for the last three or four years at Liverpool? <laughs> Um, I liked him, but you know, I like all the Liverpool players. But I liked him for the fact he was a bit of a hopeless failure. But you know, seeing him in this tournament playing like he was somebody else, this should have been an opportunity to sell him to Real Madrid, shouldn't it? Exactly. Um, we also had Sweden nil, Netherlands nil. That went to penalties, uh, but misses from Olaf Melberg, um, and and Zlatan, who Chris waddled it over the bar, didn't he? He absolutely waddled it over the bar. So the Netherlands went through 5-4 on penalties. Okay, so um, third quarter final is France versus Greece. Uh, I was talking about Karagounis again. He took some punishment. There's a series of Zidane tackles, um, which were pretty sort of brutal upon him. He had a shot which Fabian Bottas sort of cleared off the line, grabbing hold of the post. Was it over goal line technology? Would definitely have solved that one. Um Thierry Henry misses a couple of penalties as well. There was the uh, Fissia shot. Penalties. Not penalties, a couple of headers, sorry. Um, <laughs> same thing. <laughs> uh, and there, yeah, there was the Fissia shot from about 30 yards out, which bounced off the crossbar um, until it came to the moment where the cross comes in for Karisteas with his head. Again. What a header that was as well. I mean, if you're going to sort of do a textbook how I should head the ball, Everything, his whole body pose was perfect for that cross, wasn't it? Yeah, don't think it was the best of defending from the French defence. He was very much on his own, wasn't he? Yeah. Yeah. Um, But this is strange because this is the... You'll sort of think, okay, Greece got out of the group stages, they'll play France, France will win. Um, And you're sort of into uncharted territory here, aren't you? Because France had 11 attempts... um, Greece had five shots in the whole game. All of them were on target. So, yeah, they're exchanged something out of the park, like you said. <laughs> but this is where they're... Sorry. Tell me about all the beautiful football they played. 
I never said they were a beautiful team to watch. I said they were a fascinating team to watch. It's a completely different thing. Karagunis, though, was a fantastic player. Well, can we have a podcast about George's Karagunis? <laughs> <laughs> it's quite a niche one, but okay, I understand that might not be for yeah. everyone. <laughs> So if this goes on, if this goes on for a lot longer, <laughs> we can talk to extra time, extra. <laughs> okay, yeah. So friends went home. And um, that was the last of some of the dying breed in that French team. I know who they the got dying to the breed. Desai, uh, fix the team. There's Arazu. Uh, yeah, Lazarus was there, wasn't he? Boom Song was there. Bloody hell. Um, yeah, Boom Song was 34. Yeah, it is a young Boom Song, yeah. Yeah, he would have been the same as Philippe Max as. Yeah, Desai was 35, Rock Perez 30, McAlady 31. Um, Zidane was about 34 by then, wasn't he? Yeah, Vieira. Yeah, so they're sort of getting on a bit, aren't they? Bloody hell, Steve Marley was there. Um, so yeah, you're right. Yeah, this, again, this is another team where it's sort of passing from one baton to the other. There's a few of these teams in this tournament, isn't there? Um, Just remember, two years later, was so yeah. rubbish. <laughs> <laughs> two years later, they got to the World Cup final. Yeah, they did. They did. Uh, was that? I mean, well, that's a different podcast. We won't go there. Otherwise, it'll be even longer. Yeah. Uh, okay. Right. The final quarter final is England versus Portugal. Um, England to Portugal two. Uh, it was one one after full time, and then it went to penalties. So Michael Owen scored after three minutes, that's didn't he? That is the best finish of the tournament. That was a wonderful goal from a Costina back header, which went wrong. Yeah. Yeah. He's just he's just gambled, and he just turns and turns his whole body 180 degrees. And, Flicks it and beats beats Ricardo just with his mind. Mm. He had another one as well, didn't he? He had another shot later on, which Ricardo saved in the same half. Mm-hmm. Um, I also have a goal of the tournament. This also comes from this game. Rui Costa. Yes. <laughs> that was a wonderful goal. But before we get to well, um, yeah, before we get to that, so England were ahead from the third minute or the eighty-third, uh, and then Helder Postiga, who we did a bit of checking on. Um, at Spurs. He was at Spurs. He, so he spent one season at Spurs, uh, 19 appearances, one goal. He's, I seem to remember he was a bit of a figure of fun on 606 and when we didn't have social media, it was really like internet forums back then or something, wasn't it? The 606 BBC forum. <laughs> um, yeah, he's good. Like sounds like the tabloids were sticking it in about him being rubbish as well, just the motivation yeah. you need. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. comes on, scores with his, his very first, I think was it his first touch? Wasn't many, was it? It was a Ronaldo cross to him, wasn't it? Yeah. And then before we get to Rui Costa, we've got Sol Campbell scoring, haven't we? I still watch watching that yesterday. I'm thinking that, that that's a goal. Yeah. It's, it's never a goal. It is yeah. a goal. I can't ever imagine a world where that's ever given us a goal. See, I wasn't watching this game. Uh, I had to go visit my mum in hospital, but I got into the car just oh. as Sol Campbell scored that goal. And Alan Green afterwards was doing his nuts saying how England had been robbed. Alan Green doing his nutting on commentary? Never. <laughs> I actually think, I think there's a lot of things where, where, um, where there are a lot of poor poor refereeing decisions that I saw just from that highlights against England. England were having a hard time with the referee in this game. Yes. And this is probably still, we're probably still at a stage where um, England 
and England national team, and probably England teams in Europe to an extent, are still naive to different refereeing. Hmm. Um, I believe there's a couple of. I mean, Ashley Cole has a free kick given against him when Ronaldo dives. Um, there's a there's a couple of instances of things that are just straight up wrong. Do you know what? I can see how that goal was disallowed, but it still irks me a bit when I was watching it that it was disallowed. So it's him using John Terry. I mean, was John Terry standing his ground, or was he impeding Ricardo? He's... I think John Terry doesn't. John Terry doesn't know that Sol Campbell's there, right? And John oh, Terry yeah. also trying to make a play at the ball. Yeah. Ricardo's trying to go through him. Yeah. Basically, because he's a goalkeeper, and that's what they do. <laughs> So you, think, so you think it should have been disallowed, Adam? No, because I think goalkeepers get far too much protection in that situation. But I think in any way that that rule has ever been interpreted the whole time I've watched football, that goal always gets disallowed. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Uh, okay, so we go to extra time. And your man, Rui Costa, Scott, he, um, what does he do? Picks the ball up from deep. Muscles Phil Neville, who is left in his track and just hits an absolute bullet of a shot into the top corner and David James is just grasping at air. That's one of those ones where I think it sort of hit the back of the net and bounced on the floor and back up again. It was one of those sorts of goals, yeah. wasn't it? Which is pretty David cool to James. look at. He had no chance. I think he was How still diving. Still allowed to play a game for England after he played against Romania in <laughs> four years. It's <laughs> because his brother was a shot steward. <laughs> Uh, and then Frank Lampard turned in with the uh, after a John Terry knockdown to equalise the score. So the that, that is also a very good finish on yes, the swivel is. on the turn. Yeah, Frank Lampard's free, Frank Lampard has a perfect hat trick of goals in this tournament, and he has header left foot right foot. So okay. they are a, a nice collection from him. So we go to penalties. Uh, David Beckham steps up first. Um, well, it's not his worst penalty of the tournament. <laughs> <laughs> it's not for two. Well, he knows who to blame or what to blame, doesn't he? As soon as he's taken his penalty, he goes wellying so, over the bar. The penalty spot, which the ball moved as he was as he was striking it. It does scuff. If you watch it back, you can see sort of like a cloud of dust or sort of dirt sort of spray in the air. But then I suppose it's the same for both teams, isn't it? Because when Rory Costa missed his penalty, he also looked at the same spot. Yes, he did. Yeah. Um... And then we get to Darius Vassell taking his penalty. So what was different about this? What did the goalkeeper do? He had no gloves on. He took his gloves off, didn't he? Yeah. No, we've missed a penalty. Have we? Missed, you've missed the... Oh, yes. The, yes. The best penalty of the to tournament. Make it, <laughs> to make it 4-4. In but To make it 4-4. No, not to make it 4-4. But not. No, we're already in... It's already a knockout. It's already a knockout tournament. So I think this is to make it 5-5. 5-5, okay. So there's even more pressure because it's the... Because he misses it, it's over. And yes, it yeah, is man. the most pathetic of all Penenkas you've ever seen. <laughs> because it can't get a foot off the ground. And he barely makes it. Was it Samel that did it? No, it was Helder Postiga. Helder Postiga. <laughs> the cheek of it. <laughs> and you, you, the camera pans to Decker and he's, just, he's applauding and he's got the biggest <laughs> grin on his face. <laughs> Okay, so then... Because there's a snide. <laughs> so then Ricardo takes his gloves off. I don't know, this had a feeling of inevitability about it, didn't it? He's a wrong one. He's only going to become more unpopular two years later, but 
He's just a Roman. Have you seen the footage of Chris Stark from the Peter Crouch podcast going out to Portugal and meeting him? No. Okay, so he did a thing. He wanted he was Chris Stark was missing five stickers from his World Cup two thousand and six sticker album. So he wanted to go out and meet these players. So he met uh, Perotto, I think, wasn't it? It was Perotto born in Manchester, wasn't he? Yeah, Aston and the line. Yeah, so Perotto was one of the players, he went and got him. Um and he went and found Ricardo on a um on a golf course in Portugal. He was he didn't know Chris Stark was coming, it surprised him. Um and in the middle of his golf t- golf game, he stopped and recreated the penalty shootout between two palm trees. <laughs> and it was the nicest man you can imagine. But he did say, after the World Cup 2006, he did say the England players, quote-unquote, see the devil when they see me. So Vassell takes his penalty very low down to the left, um, and he, Ricardo, saves it quite easily. And then he gets up and he goes to take his penalty, and again, you just knew this was going to happen, didn't you? He absolutely smashed it into the bottom corner. Yeah. And it wasn't. The <laughs> <laughs> was there a part of you that thought bloody foreigners? <laughs> At that point in my life, probably, yes. <laughs> so how old were you when this happened? You must have been in your mid-teens. I'd have been, I was 15. So were you at the point when all things that go wrong in football and against your team make you really, really angry? Yes. So this sort um, of thing would have been sort of sticking in your crawl for a while. So two years later when... Um, two years later when England got knocked out by... Portugal in the World Cup I on the way home I crashed my car um, <clears throat> broke my not badly just like scraped it but essentially crashed my car because I just reversed blindly without looking scraped it down a wall I then uh, opened the door to my mum to my house threw my keys in at which point they broke when they hit the floor and went all <laughs> over the place and then went upstairs and kicked a hole in a wicker washing basket no way <laughs> So yeah, you were pretty like vexed tor- by these like things. Tour of destruction, as every, everything, <laughs> everything that went before it was just making me more and more angry. This sounds like the most middle-class tour of destruction ever. And I broke a wicker basket. <laughs> okay, so England are gone, and we're into the semi-finals. So uh, Portugal play Holland um, in the warm-up to the far more Portugal Holland that was in the World Cup 2006. Um, so Portugal went two up with goals from. Uh, Ronaldo and that wonderful goal from Manish from the edge of the area from the corner. Yeah. That was wonderful, wasn't it? So he yeah. curled it with an unbelievable amount of bend and height on it into Van der Sar's top corner, who was getting absolutely nowhere near it, was he? Um, Marco Overmars had a volley that went over. Edwin van der Sar saved one from Pauletta. Um, Figo curled one onto the post, but it wasn't Holland's day, really, was it? Even an own goal from Andrade. Um and there was sort of a sense of manifest destiny about this for Portugal because it was their home tournament and they got it through to the final. Uh, Greece played the Czech Republic. Um, a game that looks on the highlights that looks to be entertaining if goalless. It's um... <laughs> more liquid football from Greece. <laughs> to be honest, Czech Republic absolutely battered them. <laughs> they did. <laughs> but tired and then during the first half of the extra time that's when Greece come out and started to play some football yeah they did so um, there's a couple of shouts of penalties on this uh, Nedved wanted a penalty Jan Koller wanted a penalty when he was kind of pulled back by Delas wasn't he um, that probably should have been a penalty Karagounis again jealous of his silky skills uh, they smashed him to bits the Czechs did uh, just couldn't cope with him um, 
Pavel Nedved thought he should have had a penalty, and then it comes to the 105th minute. Uh, a corner comes in, and Dallas with a near post header. Silver goal. Silver goal. Yes, it was silver goals, wasn't it? We've gone done away with the golden goal. That's right. So the yeah. silver goal for anyone who doesn't remember is. If you score a goal in the first half of extra time, you carry on playing, don't you, to the end of first half, and then if the scores the same, game's over. Yeah. Game's over, and 105th minute plus a little bit of added time, and that was done. Yes, that's right. Yeah. Um, so you in the second half, did you play to the end? Or yes. Was it a goal? Did it essentially become a golden goal? No, you played to the end, don't you? At the end, in the second half of extra time. So it, just, it just, it was just, it was just, it was basically the winner at the end of your period. Mm. Pretty much, and then we get to the final. Okay, so Portuguese, Portugal with their final on home soil take on Greece. So this was like a sort of palindrome of the first game of the tournament. Um, yeah. Greece, how on earth did they get there? Uh, Karagounis was suspended. Oh, Adam. Uh, so Stelios Janikopoulos comes in, Bolton legend. Um, Greece had played with a little bit of energy. There's one clip I took from this. So a ball was, long ball was played over the top and it sort of... I'm going to stop you here. Right. I watch highlights on YouTube, I guess. <laughs> yeah. The official UEFA highlights. Yeah. In which they spent two minutes with close-ups of the manager. Of the managers, sorry. Yeah. And a little bit of washy commentary about each manager over it from the um, from the uh, the commentator. And the only bit of football they show in the whole thing is the goal. Okay, I watched the highlights from a Greek channel. So, so the only thing they felt considered worth showing in this game of any quality the goal. was the goal. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't the best of games, was it? Well, it's not one that will live long in the memory. But yeah, there's a couple of bits I took from it. There was a flick on that Karasteas chased and it went beyond four Portuguese players who sort of stood and watched each other and he nipped in to get the ball. So they're sort of on the front foot a little bit earlier. Um, Pauletta, um, he sort of has a chance uh, which Nick had... Nicopolidis, isn't it? Is the yes, free head goal. But yeah, he he said. But like you said, yeah, there wasn't a huge amount of um, of chances at the end of the game. Uh, well, at the end of the game, Portugal lost. Um, Carasteia scored with a header from a corner, wasn't it? He outjumped two defenders and Ricardo, who sort of came out and in no man's flat. land. I did get flat. He sort of got. He got. There was a, a Greek players in his way a little bit, wasn't there? It comes to punch, but he tangles. He's a number fifteen. Shame, I can't remember it is. Shame it wasn't John Terry, right? He'd have <laughs> got what everyone is. Yeah, but there was a bit in this that I really, really liked, um, and it was um, there was a bit it was a free kick to Portugal, and it was free kick to come into the box of uh, Greece, and Stelios was concerned about the Greek players defending too deep, so he was trying to shout at them to get them to come out, and he got to the point where they weren't listening to him, he was physically having to push them out of the area because they were defending too deep. It was just sort of these little bits that made me sort of really quite like them. A team that realised they could manage to defend too deep, who'd have thought it? <laughs> okay, so Karastain scores again, doesn't he? So, um, Greece, unbelievably win. Uh, Otto Ray Hagel is their manager. Um, he was a bit of a blind figure in Germany, wasn't it, in his, in his homeland? So he had, was it Werder Bremen? Yeah. Uh, I think he spent 14 years at Werder Bremen. Yeah, and then um, he sort, of, sort of then sort of moved about a few bits, didn't he? But I have to tell you that in this game, Portugal had 17 shots. Um, Greece had four, of which only one was on target, the one that they scored from. 
Um, Ronaldo, Ronaldo. What when I watched it yesterday, he missed a golden chance right at the end when he went through one on one. Figo played him through, didn't he? Yeah, oh, Bruce Costa, sorry, played him through. Bruce Costa, and he, it was wide at an angle, and you think maybe peak Ronaldo he would have scored. Yes. He left foot snatched at it, and a bit wild and over the bar. Yeah. And you sort of felt it's not going to happen. Yeah, you sort of get the inevitability about this, and when Greece sort of went one nil up, you sort of felt a collective suck of air go out the stadium, didn't you? Because people had seen how this Greece team had played, yes. um, and didn't appreciate it for the ticker tacker that it was, and um, <laughs> <laughs> and he sort of, there was this sort of sense You're of right. it's such a footballing <laughs> There was this air of sort of inevitability about it all because of how they've how they won their previous games. Um, yeah, so just me and Michael Cox tutting. It's Chris's channel gooey dies. And that was it, Greece won. So ten years after USA ninety four, when they got absolutely hammered. Remember Maradona scored that goal against them when he ran at the camera. Yeah. Uh, the Greek five, manager said, five, we... I, "I was five. <laughs> well, like I said on I, Sunday I to Scott, seven. I was seven when that happened. Okay." But you must you must be aware of what actually happened. Yeah, I was watching it. Yeah, Adam, you must be aware of that celebration. That's the game where he gets where he looks like the cokehead that he is, right? Yes, yeah. and he got done straight after that game. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, the Greek manager at the end of that tournament when they went out the Greek stage said that my players played like women and homosexuals. So they come a long way in that ten years since. <laughs> One of the footballing so, quotes that always sort of sticks in my mind. <laughs> so, in this tournament, was it Rooney top goal scorer? No. No, they both finished on four. They were outscored to the golden boot by Liverpool legend Milan Barros. Milan Barros, yeah. <laughs> he probably at the end of this three weeks should have shot. You were setting him up for that. <laughs> I feel like you were. This is probably a tournament where at the end of those three weeks he should have shot himself because life was never going to get any better for him, was it? It was what, just like. A year later? <laughs> what did he win a year later? He won the Champions League, I suppose, didn't he? Okay. There were other options available to him as well. <laughs> <laughs> didn't have to go full on. Okay, maybe retire. And then, and then join Aston Villa. Yeah. Um, player of the tournament was Theo Zagarakis. Anyone want to hear the team of the tournament? The best 11 of the tournament on the FIFA website was Peter Cech in goal. Queen, Queen Guess. Who's the goalkeeper the national... then? Peter Cech. Okay. Well Four defenders. Can you give the national All right. There are... One I've never heard of. I'm presuming he's Greek. So two Greek, one Portuguese, one Italian. Miguel. No. Trianos Dallas. Yeah. Italian. Yeah. Zambrotta. Yeah. Portuguese Chelsea legend. Oh, Carvalho. Yeah. And then... Is it Visas? No, Seti Uridis. I've never heard of him before or since. Okay, so in midfield you've got uh, Czech, Greek and Portuguese players. Zagor, your your yeah. man, Leicester legend. Uh, Leicester, Le- Czech Nedved. Yeah. Ronaldo. Who's the other one? Sorry, no, he used to present the football league show on the red button on the BBC. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> And up front, you've got a Czech, an Englishman, and a Portuguese. You should be able to get these. So, so Rooney and Ronaldo. Mm-hmm. So, Milan Barros. Them's the ones. And that boys was Euro two thousand and four. Do you think any more fondly of it at the end of this hour and ten minutes than you did beforehand? No, I think it would have been worse. 
it's, it's, it's a fun one I sort of think because I was only I was 17 at the time yeah and it was during the summer of 04 and I was just thinking personally I've just come off a season watching Swindon get knocked out of the playoff semi-final and I was just really looking forward to this tournament and in my eyes I watched 95% of this tournament because I just finished college yeah and it's perfect for me and I really enjoyed this tournament so did you have a job or did you get to sort of sit at home all day watching this I was staying at home watching the cricket England, New Zealand and the Test Series and then watching the football (laughs) jobless (laughs) jobless loser (laughs) so you like Adam after England lost 18, 17 year old Scott pretty much a typical 17 so you like Adam after England lost and you get all angry and (laughs) well my dad my dad reined it into me to support Scotland so because my dad's Scottish yeah he was born in Glasgow and I think he was loving that when uh, Portugal knocked England out <laughs> loving it from the distance of Scotland not being in the tournament yes. yeah the pressure's off <laughs> um, that was obviously so at that point we had Wayne Rooney finishing as in, like you said who he would have been runner-up for the Golden Boot, right? Because he scored four goals. Yeah, like you, like you say, I think we would have won that if he hadn't got injured. So he yeah. got injured. Was he? His ankle. He rolled his ankle, didn't he? His boot came off, and the referee gave a free kick. He gets, he gets trodden on, and the referee gives yeah. a free kick. Yeah. Yeah. Um, he obviously at that point is an Everton player. He never. He doesn't play for Everton again. Uh, signs for Manchester United that summer. Twenty-seven million pounds, is it? Huh? Twenty-seven million pounds was that the, the, yeah, the rise into forty, wasn't it? it was yeah, really. Um, then the next time he kicks the football, he scores a hat trick for Manchester United against Fenerbahce in the Champions yeah. League. Yeah, Champions League debut. Uh, That's it. He's got the whole world at his feet, then, isn't he? He has, yeah. So different times, different times, different times indeed. Okay, right. Well, that was year 2004. So uh, next week, I think we're doing Italian 90. Oh, God. We've got to hold and give and do it at the right time. <laughs> Spoiler alert. Have you thought boring defensive football happened in your Europe? <laughs> Welcome oh, to we, Italian 90. Rewind 14 years back. A tournament so bad, FIFA changed the rules. <laughs> Brilliant. Right. Well, guys, you don't know... Pick more socials as uh, other Chris says. Scott, if they want to follow you with your underscores, how do they do that? Scott underscore Munro. Okay, I don't know if they want to follow you, how do they do you that? You can't tell you were Scottish with that Munro, would you? Yeah. Munro. Munro. Scottish clan. <laughs> how do they follow you, then, Wicker Basket Boy? Adam, I say what I want. Okay, we are at Man of the Post on uh, Instagram and on Twitter. Uh, like I say, during all this. Um, uh, the shutdown of football we're bringing you all sorts of different podcasts so look out for others as well this week we've released a uh, podcast on championship manager we've released a podcast on a quiz we had at the weekend didn't we scott yeah it was quite fun really enjoyable quiz yeah did you, come... got... you have not listened came... it's been out for two days we came second oh scott you're supposed to do me proud Sorry, it was the movie quiz and the Michael Owen <laughs> movie quiz yes I took inspiration from you Adam from a previous man of the post quiz Guess the films that Michael Owen has seen. What was the inspiration from me? Did because you, you've done that exact thing in a podcast years ago. I remember listening to it. <laughs> was this the one where I did the? Um, was this the one where I did the special quiz with Stephen Gerrard? I can't remember. I just remember 
you got these and they had to guess. So, but yes, so they're the three, uh, they're the sort of couple of pods we've had out. And of course, last week's podcast uh, we did on the four Classicos in 18 days in 2011. So you can work your way through your back catalogue there. If you like what you hear, you can rate reviewers on iTunes, Acast, uh, Stitcher or Spotify. Uh, you could subscribe and follow and everything falls all automatically into your inbox. Um, boys, thank you ever so much for joining us. Thank uh, you. And, and always remember to keep your man on the post.